1: Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. A lot has happened today. But I would still say the biggest news of today is the reverberations of the Aaron Judge signing. It's a massive deal, of course. It's nine years, $360 million. And we wanted to get the perspective of somebody who's actually handed out these kind of contracts. They've actually given these to players. And that is David Sampson, former president of the Marlins. He's now a CBS Sports HQ MLB analyst. David, thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate it.
2: Oh, my pleasure. How are you?
1: Doing fantastic. So got a lot of questions for you about this because you've been in these high-stakes negotiations before. What was at stake for the Yankees in this negotiation with Judge?
2: Oh, they were just saving faith. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner basically gave away all his leverage when he said publicly that he wanted Judge to be a Yankee for life. And Judge got together with his agent and put on a negotiating clinic when it got leaked out that he was going to go to the Giants. That was all a Fagazi. It was all done to float a trial balloon out there so Hal could see what life would be like without Aaron. And he was none too happy with what he read And all of a sudden, 12 hours later, he got nine years and $360 million. Good for him. And the Yankees retained their face of the franchise. They certainly didn't get better, but they would have been much
3: worse without him. David, help me out here. So isn't $360 million, is it at a fair market value for Aaron Judge? Or am I also being played by the Aaron Judge (laughs) team where they were able to get that value up a little bit through certain tactics?
2: Well, listen, you're never going to know what the exact offer was from San Francisco. And then you saw that maybe San Diego was involved as well. And one of the big frustrations in this post-collusion world is that you really are at the whim of the agent who says, hey, we're about to take our player somewhere else and you're going to be worse off. And the worst is when the agent says, we're going to take our player to a team in your division. And that wasn't the case with Judge, but it was still enough to get Hal to give in And here's where they gave in. It was on length. So these contracts, like Albert Pujols in 2012, or when the Yankees saw, uh, the Mariners signed Cano, excuse me, or when the Tigers extended Cabrera, you know the back end of those deals is just going to be a complete waste. And that's going to happen with Aaron. He's never going to have a better year than he had this year. So you're truly paying for past performance.
1: David Sampson is our guest. He's a former president of the Marlins. He's a CBS Sports HQ MLB analyst. So, Dave, when we try to figure out whether this is a good deal or not, right? I mean, I'm sure it's different for the people in the organization and then for the fans. The fans obviously want to win a World Series. For the organization, how do they determine whether or not they this was a good deal?
2: Well, you do it really looking back. It's very hard to say today whether or not this Aaron Judge deal is a good deal. You have to look at what Hal is willing to do with his payroll because the general rule is that you cannot have one player make 20% of your payroll. So if Aaron Judge is at $40 million cash per year, that means that you better have a payroll well over 200 heading towards 300 knowing you're going to have to add pitching both in the bullpen and the starting rotation, but they've got three $300 million contracts now. But from a fan's perspective, you got to love an owner like Steve Cohen or Hal Steinbrenner or John Middleton with the Phillies who's willing to spend money, for Peter Seidler in San Diego, you really just want your team to have a chance. But as we've seen with, with every team who spends money, only one of them is celebrating at the end of the year.
3: David, is there one team who you would say is going to outspend everybody? It used to obviously be the Yankees, but now you mentioned the Padres, uh, obviously the Dodgers. Is there a clear-cut number one spender in baseball today?
2: If you're asking from a who's the richest owner, uh, the answer is likely Steve Cohn. But remember, back in the day, there was a guy named Carl Polat who owned the Minnesota Twins. And for many years, he was the richest owner. And their team was on the verge of contraction for all those years <laughs> because they always had low payrolls. So there's not always a correlation. But Steve Cohn has shown that he's going to go to whatever length is necessary to win. And if you're a fan, you have to love that. But eventually, owners get tired of losing money year over year, and they only have 26 spots on their team. So how much higher can payrolls go? So this is a really interesting time in baseball, and it's something the commissioner really talks to teams about, which is why are you continuing to increase the number of years you (laughs) give players when you know that the back end of those deals is such a problem? But owners don't think that way. They love winning the offseason. They love the press conferences. They love the good attention, the press, the fans, all saying how great they are, and they're scared of the opposite, and that's what drives salary.
1: David Sampson our guest. He's a former president of the Marlins. Now, David, you were in a similar situation with Giancarlo Stanton, who was also coming Mm -hmm. off, won an MVP. You guys gave him a massive contract, and I'm curious, before you did the contract, did you try to see how someone of his height and weight was going to age, like, Giancarlo Stanton is listed at six six two forty five. Aaron Judge is listed at six seven two eighty two. There just aren't a lot of players where you can say we're that big and that heavy that, you know, we know how their careers went. How did you guys approach it with the Marlins?
2: Well, with Giancarlo Stanton, we signed him before he won the MVP. We actually signed him right after he had gotten hit in the face and didn't know whether he could ever play again. And we did it, again, out of desperation because we didn't want to be known as a team that was letting everybody go, having traded Miguel Cabrera six years earlier. So the way we got the Stanton deal done was pretty simple. We said, hey, what do we need to offer you so you can't say no? And he gave us an outrageous number, and we said, pass the pickles. We're in. (laughs) It was really you know, I get a lot of credit for that deal, but I got to tell you, it may have been the worst negotiating job in history because whatever he said, we were willing to do because we wanted him that badly. And the way we pictured it is that we viewed him as being productive late into his 30s, and the reason we did is we did what everybody does. It's not going to happen to me. It's not going <laughs> to happen to us. What happens to every other player who starts stinking at 37 and 38, that won't be our Carlo. And that's what the Yankees are saying about Judge. That's what the Rangers are saying about DeGrom. Hey, he'll stay healthy for us. He couldn't stay healthy for the Mets, but for us, he will. You have this level of delusion when you run a team that is practically inexplicable.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: David, it's funny. We talk a lot of football, and we always talk about how Tom Brady screwed up everything for our expectations I mean, is it possible? Obviously, Barry Bond's a very different situation. Is it possible that there are baseball players who could peak in their late 80s and still have power?
1: Late 30s, not late Late 80s. (laughs) Sorry, late 30s. (laughs) Yeah,
3: late 80s. No, Brady
1: gets to peak in his late 80s. Yeah, Brady
3: will still be around. Mm -hmm. But is there a Tom Brady effect in baseball, or is that just an isolated situation?
2: Yeah, without steroids, the answer is no, right? Pitchers who pitch well in their 40s, you've got Roger Clemens, Batters who are doing it—you've got Barry Bonds, and obviously they've got some sort of commonality of, uh, of of potential steroid use. It is very, very rare. What you're seeing Justin Verlander do last year is such a unicorn. When you're coming off Tommy John, you're 39, you're winning the Cy Young, and what the Mets did by only giving him two years is you're basically mitigating your risk. Because if Justin Verlander starts being what a pitcher should be at 39 and 40 years old, they can say, Hey, it's two years. We made a mistake. We gave it a shot and that's that. But when you go out five years or eight years or nine years, you're really increasing your risk. But if you're asking me, is it possible Aaron judge is going to have another year like he had this year? I ask you this question nobody's had a year like that ever, but now we're saying Aaron Judge is going to do it two years in a row. Um, if you talk football, if I could just go off the subject, when Patrick Mahomes was signed, remember that huge deal? And it was all about him winning MVPs in the Super Bowl in regular season, and that's how he'd make the most money, that big $350 million number. Well, look what's happened since then. He's still one of the best, but he's not going to make that full 350, and the Chiefs have not been able to to attain at the team level what they expected to do every year. It's just so hard to win it all, and that's the same in baseball.
1: David, just a couple more for you here, uh, because obviously your expertise uh, during this time of the year for baseball is invaluable. Um, So it turns out, according to some reporting here in New York, that Hal Steinbrenner was in Italy and got on the phone with Aaron Judge after the John Heyman uh, jumped the gun or maybe got leaked some Bad information, whatever. And how was in Italy? During this important time of the year, David, why would an owner be in Italy? Does that is that weird or am I reading this totally wrong?
2: I think you're reading it wrong. You could be on Mars as long as you have Wi-Fi and your phone <laughs> service. Right, you can be anywhere when you just give in, can't you?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I remember once a story about like Jeff Wilpon was like on a safari in Africa during the trade deadline, and as a Mets fan, I didn't love it because he also had to sign off on everything. But I guess maybe so that's I'm just not, I'm me the being wrong naive. One to ask
2: right because I was in the game for eighteen years and I was terrible at work-family balance, hmm. so I would never be away during the winter meetings. I'd go to them every year. I would be around at the deadline. I'd be sitting in the room. And uh, with technology the way it is, you can really be anywhere, and that's okay. But what happened with Hal Steinbrenner, and it was a very purposeful thing that happened yesterday as we started this talk with, and I I really talked about this on Nothing Personal, my show on CBS today, which is he got so scared that the Giants were going to sign him that he picked up the phone, called Brian Cashman, and said, get it done now. And when you tell your GM to just get it done you have thrown away all inkling of a good, reasonable deal, and you go to a place that you promise yourself you're not going to go to. I've been there. I've been in that chair. I've watched myself do it. But you rationalize it by saying, we can't lose this player. He means everything to us. He's going to help with revenue off the field, and he's going to help with winning on the field. But when you retain your own free agent, my point on the show was you didn't make your team better Again, you just didn't make it worse.
1: Yeah. I also just think it's so funny with baseball. It's all about analytics and, you know, you can get everything to the hundredth decimal and yet it's just like the owner finally being like, give him whatever he wants. <laughs> what does he want? for $360 million, just throw it at him. Um, last one for you, David, and this one is off the Yankees for a second, but my co-host here, Andrew Perloff, is a tried and true Philadelphia mm. Phillies fan and he is not happy with the Trey Turner signing. What would you say to him?
2: I would say that when you have an owner who goes public saying he loves spending stupid money, <laughs> you've got yourself a great owner if you're a fan, right? And then when he hired Dave Dombrowski, you knew what you were getting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dave Dombrowski loves spending other people's money. He loves giving huge contracts away, but he wins World Series and then gets fired and disappears until the next team that he wins the World Series with. That's how you make it to the Hall of Fame, <laughs> and the Phillies have done a great job. Make no mistake, if I had a choice of all the available shortstops over the last two years, Trey Turner is my number one choice. He is so good in the clubhouse, and he's even better on the field. And what he does to that Phillies lineup, it's just spectacular. I can't wait to watch that team. But again, out of them, the Mets and the Braves, who are, are both really good teams, you, better, you have to one of them win the division, the other two get the wild card maybe, so it's so competitive just in the National League that it's fascinating what these owners are doing. Mm. But you should not be unhappy at all. You are going to love watching them every day.
3: All right, I'm in. No, Perloff, you, Perloff
1: doesn't like his OPS. <laughs> it's like oh, I, He well, doesn't, w- doesn't take enough walks, and so Perloff wants to uh, tear down the entire Phillies organization and start the process.
2: I guess I would say that, that, that for all the people um, who say that about Trey Turner – you have to watch him every day. I mm. understand where you're tempted to look at a certain stat, but you really have to look at the complete player, and that's why the best teams don't just use analytics. They use other mm. things as well, with analytics being a part of it. But you put Trey Turner at the top of the lineup the way he was in with the Dodgers, with him and Freeman and Betts, it just changes the entire approach for the opposing team's pitching staff. It makes it so hard, and that helps you win – more than 87 games, which is what the Phillies are going to need to do in order to get back to October and get through October.
1: David, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. I uh, was looking forward to talking with you today because we don't know what it's like to hand out these big contracts. You mm-hmm. do, and, uh, and this was great. Thank you so much.
2: Have a great day.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.